live on Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while. I've been busy. A lot's happened since the last live stream. But I figured I had some time in the morning. But uh, we're actually normally about to record the Talos of Tech podcast right about now. But we were texting Randy. We didn't get any responses from him. So I was like, you know what? Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's busy today. I'm going to start a stream. Literally the second I send out the tweet that we're going live, Randy responds to the group chat. Hey, guys, I'll be ready soon. And I'm like... Okay, so we're still going to live stream. I'm committed to you guys, and you guys are very committed to me, so I have to thank some of you for your Twitch Prime memberships. For one, we got Slack with five months of Twitch Prime coming in with that electric, his signature well-known phrase. Thank you. Uh, Stephen Grice, 2015, subscribed with Twitch Prime for 11 months, almost to that one-year mark. Thank you very much. TVTube has already passed it, though, at 15 months with Twitch Prime. That is insane. Thank you very much, TVTube. And November's over. Let me make sure I'm caught up. I think that's all the Twitch Primes. <laughs> November's have finally done. For some of you in the world, it's probably already December. I don't know where you are watching from. But uh, at least here, this is the last day. And then one more month of the decade. And then it's the 2020s again. Man, that's, this decade is just blown by. It feels like Inception just came out. It feels like I just turned 12. But it's all blown by. Now we're ready for the next decade. It all happened so fast. Um, do you still like your mouse pad? I don't, actually. Are you, is that why you're asking about it? It's because it's folded over like that? I don't actually like it very much. Um, maybe we can talk about that. Uh, I This was actually sent to me. I've brought it up in a few older videos. This is actually a very old mouse pad. It's funny how, like, some tech you will see me buy, like, the latest version of as soon as I can... But there's other tech that I will literally hold on to way longer than anyone should. Um, I've had the same tripod for my cameras. Even though I went from, like, a Canon T2i, then to a Lumix DSLR, the FZ1000, to the FZ300, and then the giant Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro, or whatever that thing's called. It's a big name, big camera. They've all sat on the same tripod for, like, five years now. I think it's been five. And I even have an older tripod my dad used to use. This thing was designed to hold uh, VHS cameras, which is why it's so heavy-duty. This is all metal, and a lot of the knobs and stuff are broken. And the mouse pad is another one of those examples of this clearly has not aged well. Let me show it to you. It's got a bunch of marks on it. Um, it is... I mean, when it was new, it was nice, but look, look at how many marks it's collected over the years. Like, this is not a clean mouse pad anymore. It's very large. I like the fact that it's big. I appreciate that part. Um, but I've tried flipping it around. I've tried using it on different sides, and part of it's because I'm a flaky boy with psoriasis and everything. But uh, this stuff does not come off. I've tried to wash it. We've used soap. We've used water. We've tried all different types of rags and stuff, and... Well, I really appreciate uh, Gim or Jim for sending me this. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, this this was sent to me years ago. I think almost three years ago now when they sent this out to me. And um, I, I, I am ready for a new one. But because functionally it works fine, I haven't gotten rid of it. And um, I'm, I'm just not like a... I'm a, I'm a big time shopper. I will plan and save up for big purchases, things like the iMac Pro or things like the iPhone. Uh, that's a pretty big purchase, right? That's over $1,000. Or, or when AirPods come out, I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah, those are that's a big deal. I got to get those. But when it comes to like little things, I will not upgrade the tiniest things for very, very long periods of time. And I'll just hang on to the same old thing and never upgrade it, even when it gets old and grimy. Uh, does that mouse pad support Windows? I don't know. They didn't say on their website, so I'm guessing no. Probably it's just a Mac exclusive. How's the Black Friday shopping? Oh, yeah, that was yesterday. I forgot. We actually did do some shopping. I, I did Black Friday literally for what it is for, which is uh, getting Christmas gifts. Um, we bought a couple of things. I, I, I won't say what because I know my parents watch these sometimes, and you don't need to know. But I bought, <laughs> they were specifically asking for certain things, and we got them those things. Um, so I guess if you're watching this, Mom and Dad, uh, what you asked for, act surprise on Christmas Day, okay? <laughs> we got some Christmas gifts. Uh, we got a couple of other things that, uh, you know, I'm not actually going to tell you. It's kind of a secret. You'll, find, you'll figure out what I got eventually. <laughs> uh, does the mouse... 
let's see. Have you tried Flex Seal? That should remove just about anything. Yeah, that's true. I want a whole mouse pad made by Flex Seal. That would be insane. So, throw this back on here. Curl it up on one side. You know, this mouse pad isn't that bad. Aesthetically, it just doesn't look very good. Other than that, it, it's fine. It's a mouse pad. It supports any mouse. You're missing the point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you guys get any good Black Friday deals? That's the question. Good morning. I love hearing his voice and his inspiring message. What, me or Tim Cook? This isn't Tim Cook. You know that, right? Cyber Mon- Oh, yeah, Cyber Monday's happening still. Cybertruck for Cyber Monday. Will Tesla do a special 50% off on the Cybertruck on Cyber Monday? But the cost is you have to pay for it up front. So no reservations, all right? On Cyber Monday, they should sell the Cybertruck for half off, but you have to pay for everything up front. There's no lease. There's no loan. You just have to pay it all up front. But then you get it. You know, there's no additional payments after that, but that would be quite the Cybertruck Cyber Monday deal. Wait, is that Monday? Did you not know that was on Monday? <laughs> I forgot about Cyber Monday. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you on the 16-inch MacBook? No, it's all packaged up. Uh, I finished a review yesterday and i was like okay i think i've i've said everything i needed to say about the 16 inch macbook pro and i really like it i enjoy it a lot and i was really tempted to actually uh sending this one back and then buying a more maxed out model there would only be a couple things i wouldn't max out i don't need 64 gigs of ram um i have 32 gigs on the imac pro and that's never been an issue at all and i probably don't need eight terabytes of storage my imac pro has two and i can get by on that um, I'd probably get like four or something. And I was really close to, to getting that, but ultimately I decided that, uh, I was, I was in love with the MacBook Pro probably because it was a new design and it was a new, large, powerful Apple computer. And when I first got it, I was very impressed by it, but I told myself, well, it's still very new. So why don't you see if you still want it like a month from now? Uh, but not a month. I can't do that. So, <laughs> Uh, that would lose the return window. So I said, why don't you wait like a couple weeks? Why don't you wait till near the return window to decide? And the past week, I honestly barely uh, uh, noticed all the design changes as much. It just became a normal laptop after a while. I was like, you know, the display and the thin bezels and everything all kind of started wearing off. And the the speakers and everything are good. But I kind of realized, like, you know, it's mobile and everything, and that's nice, but in order to do these live streams and in order to upload videos as quickly as I do, I have to be near internet connection that's very fast, which currently the only way to do that is at my house. So if I did have a MacBook, most of the time it would probably just sit on my desk anyway, and then the battery gets worse over the years, whereas desktops don't have that problem. I, I In my experience, I've had desktops age a lot better because there's no battery uh, and they're not moving around as much. So there's less, you know, things on the inside being knocked around. And um, the iMac Pro has aged wonderfully. I can't com I can't complain at all about the iMac Pro other than just the design is kind of dated. But with software updates, it's gotten very fast. It handles everything I needed to just fine. I can't complain about that. So I just thought, eh, throwing three, four grand into a laptop that can do basically everything a computer I already have can do is kind of wasteful. Um, so I enjoyed using it. I still really like it. And there may be a time in the future where I decide to go back to it. Uh, it, it'll kind of depend on the leaks we hear, you know, I, I want to hear if Apple's going to redesign the iMac pro, if that ends up happening, I'll wait for that. But if we hear nothing after a few months, uh, and we get well into next year and we find out that no, there's not really any leaks or rumors about a new iMac pro coming. And I think that was just a placeholder, uh, before the launch of the Mac pro, uh, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, I need a new computer. I want it to be faster. I think I'll go with the MacBook Pro. So I may come back to it. We'll see. All right, we got some uh, don uh, donos here. Great Dane Maniac, thank you for the 10 bits. Says, watching you on my newly purchased Apple TV. Works great, but not a fan of touchpad interface on the remote, but I guess I'll get used to it. Some people do. I've noticed that that Apple TV remote, you either, like, people either understand how it works or they completely miss the point. Like, I can navigate it pretty well, probably because I've owned an Apple TV with a touchpad for like a long, long time. I got that way before I even graduated high school, I think. Um, back when the first Apple TV, not the 4K one, but the first uh, tvOS Apple TV came out, um, I started using that thing all the time, and I was watching all my content on it. I got very comfortable with it. But 
My wife still has a very hard time understanding it when we use it. Uh, we have it in our bedroom. And when we pl- play something up on that, she will be like, oh, let me skip this part and then hit the <laughs> home screen button or hit menu or get thrown back. And she always just like gets confused by how the touchpad thing works. And it's it's hard to understand for some people. And that's why whenever people ask me, like, what's your least favorite Apple product or which part of the Apple ecosystem do you think is least important? I always say the TV because it's very like, it's just navigation to the content you want to watch. You spend 90% of your time with the TV just watching content and that final 10 or even 5% is just navigating through menus. It's not like the Apple Watch where it's good for activity or notification management or a bunch of other things or the iPhone which you browse on and social media and cameras and uh, using that throughout the day. It's a bit different. So I would say Apple TV is probably the weakest out of the all the things in the ecosystem, but yeah. Rudy Live, thank you for the Twitch Prime sub for 10 months. Very nice of you. Says, appreciate your commitment. I had a question about your podcast workflow. Are you three recording the audio actually on your individual devices and syncing it later? Yes. Uh, I've been part of a few other podcast groups that uh, use some type of software that everyone connects to wirelessly. Um, obviously if you're all local and you're all in the same room, it's a lot easier to record as well. Cause you can just plug in all the mics. Uh, we've only done that once when Nick and Randy visited, but, uh, I've been on podcasts where they have software that they synchronize everything, um, over the cloud and you just kind of connect to a site that records your audio and then people can edit it and post. But we don't do that because from what we found that software costs money there may be some free version of it, but what we're doing right now seems to work fine. So what we typically do is we all just connect via a group FaceTime call. Um, we used to do Skype, but Skype ended up being very unreliable and laggy. And FaceTime does an actual pretty good job of if someone gets disconnected, it will like speed up their uh, speed up everything they just said and catch up to real time. Um, and it's just been more consistent for us. So we use, like, if there was a better video calling service, uh, we would switch to it. But FaceTime actually just happens to be the one that works the best. And, uh, yeah, we all have our own individual microphones that we record with. And then we send the audio to Randy. He kind of does some of the audio mixing and then sends it to Nick, who does kind of the final edits. And then Nick does the hosting and the publishing of the podcast. Who knows? Maybe, maybe next time we all meet up, we can do a whole video on how the tech podcast is made. And it's very unprofessional. <laughs> it's very just thrown together. Except the audio quality, Randy, which is wonderful. We love that. But uh, it's not always perfect. Sometimes we mess up. But it's never Randy's fault. It's always my fault or Nick's fault. Keep that in mind. I'm not a great audio guy. I mean, listen to this audio. It's like, I, I, I'm not an audiophile. If, for me, it's like when it's a live stream or a video, I'm like, yeah, I can hear it. Whatever. <laughs> I can hear it. What's the problem? Seawob says he got a stainless steel Series 4 Apple Watch with Milanese for $436 post-tax. Whoa, that's a great deal, actually. Series 4 stainless steel? I mean, that I, I just realized that's what I have. With a Milanese loop. So you actually have a better watch than I do now, if you like the Milanese loop. I actually don't like the Milanese loop. I tried it and kept ripped out, ripping out my hairs. But um, that's basically my setup, except you paid 436 That's a good deal, good deal. Great Dane says, I didn't understand that. I'll probably think that too after a while, but I love that I could sign into basically every app with one click. I also love that every time I enter a text field, my iPhone wakes up and I can type without a hassle. Yeah, that's true. They get a lot of things right about the Apple TV. The sign in with one click thing and the uh, keyboard integration with iOS, that does work really reliably. I do enjoy that part. You're right. That's that's good. I just uh, I just don't do it too often. Because I guess that's more of the setup process. Setting it up is pretty easy compared to other TV sticks or boxes. But uh, after after everything's signed in and logged in and everything, you just kind of sit down, start watching stuff. Amazon had like a 50% discount. Ooh, that's good. That's really good. Talos of Talks has been a bit dormant lately. I know. It's actually been a lot trickier than I thought to keep that channel active because... Most of what I want to do over there is vlogs, but you kind of have to have a subject for vlogs. And because they're kind of more wild and out in the open, you don't really have exact topics you want to dive into. I do. I mean, there's stuff I want to talk about, but uh, I think vlogs were a lot easier when I was a lot younger and 
I had to go to a ton of places all the time. Like, when I first started vlogging, I would vlog from home sometimes, but I would also have to go to college pretty regularly. And then because I because I was more irresponsible with money, I would go out to eat all the time. So I would be vlogging wherever I was and just be like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. But the issue with working from home, which is much more financially wise um, and not eating out so much, is that I don't really have that active of a lifestyle to document as much as uh, before. So, uh, you know, I get up and I'm in, I'm at home. And then when I go to work, I'm at home. So I'm just like, okay, now I'm in here. Okay. Now I'm in the living room. <laughs> and so the only time I can really vlog is when we go on trips and stuff and there'll be more vlogs to come. But, uh, there's several things, there's several vlogs because I've seen success with that channel when I include my wife. Um, and I want to include my wife on as much content as possible, but she's not as eager to be in videos or vlogs. Not because she doesn't like them, just because she's very busy with other stuff. Um, she's studying to become, uh, I'm not supposed to say, she's studying uh, for future career options, and she's also working very hard. We both had to get up at 3 in the morning today because she had an extra, extra early shift. Um, and she's very tired, obviously, when she comes home, so... Uh, yeah, we don't really spend a lot of time when we're together working. Um, but I've, I've tried to, we, we've got a big list of videos. We've decided we kind of want to take the talks channel into a little bit, uh, more of a direction of basically the thing I like about the talks channel, despite it being kind of dormant lately, is that I can kind of just talk about whatever over there. It's kind of the wild card channel, unlike tech, which is kind of trying to be more focused. And now the EV channel, which is also a, a specific category, with talks, it's kind of like you can talk about whatever you're doing. You can show a vacation. You can show a trip. You can sh uh, just talk about whatever you want. And uh, one direction I'd like to go more into is uh, finance because I've gotten much more interested in that since I've been married because my wife is a huge uh, gal into finance research and that kind of thing and trying to save more and look at your monthly expenses and budgeting and that kind of thing. And as she's gotten more into it and shown me wh why she likes it, I've also gotten more into it. And I don't think it deserves its own channel. <laughs> I, I've seen a few finance channels out there that just do finance videos like every other day. I can't do that. <laughs> but I would like to do that more often. And maybe it would get its own little sideshow on talks. And it's the t it's talks. So as long as I'm talking, it counts. You know? <laughs> it, it goes there. I don't want to make a Talos of finance channel. Um, that kind of thing, because there's already too many channels. I was I was already on the fence about the EV channel being too many, but I did it anyway. Um, anywho, let me uh, catch up with the chat here. Uh, we all still love you. <laughs> that you uh, take more vacation. We are planning a vacation uh, next month here, so I'll document that for sure. Great Dane says, "Have you started a new channel for all that Tesla talk? If not, somebody's probably copying your stuff. Saw Taylor's EV video earlier without watching it, so that's why I'm wondering." If you have created a channel for that, it's a great idea. Thank you, Great Dane. Yeah, I think it's me. If it's the one with about 2,000 subscribers, yeah, that one's me. I actually started that one. Um, and I wasn't on, in love with the idea when people first pitched it to me because I was starting to make more videos on Tesla and and stuff like that on the tech channel, even though I've been doing Tesla videos forever. Like, I was just looking back some of my older videos I posted and... Like, the the sixth video I ever posted on the tech channel, which I believe is privatized, so don't go looking for it. But the sixth video I ever posted was about uh, Tesla, or it was about, like, an Apple car or something like that. So people act like I'm moving into EVs, even though I've been talking about them basically since the beginning. But I guess I didn't talk about them as frequently. And a lot of people joined uh, the Talos of Tech community because of iPhones, MacBooks, AirPods, and the general Apple stuff or Apple competitors. Um, so once I started talking more about Tesla, because that interested me, there were a lot of people asking for a different channel. And they were saying, I'm not really interested in this EV stuff, uh, so put that on a different channel. And I was hesitant at that idea at first because to me it's still tech. Cars are technology. Um and honestly, I, I started realizing that a ton of uh, a ton of my viewers that may have followed me for iPhones or AirPods or Apple Watches or whatever, they uh, weren't really interested in Tesla or electric vehicles in general. Uh, but because I started talking about it, they got more interested in it. So 
It's actually, I, I'd love to talk more about it maybe on the podcast, but we're talking about whatever on this stream. So what kind of inspired me to decide it was actually a good idea was I realized I kind of limit my growth by saying, no, I'm only going to take in new people, new subscribers um, from the iPhone discussions and from Apple Watch and iPad discussions, from the Apple Talk. I'm only going to take in new people that way, and then I will pitch to them why they should get interested in electric vehicles. Um, the issue you have with combining these genres, because while they are both tech, they're very different communities, the issue you have is... You get a ton of people that come to your channel from a successful Tesla video, like the one I posted last week, which I think is about to become my most viewed video ever. I don't think it's... I, I think it's past it or it's near passing it. In a week, in one week, I had a video on the Cybertruck become uh, almost a million views in seven days, which for me is really good. I know other YouTubers get that all the time, but for me, that's amazing. And it's almost, if not today, it's definitely going to become my most viewed video of all time. But I feel kind of sad about that because a ton of people are now watching that Cybertruck video and thinking, oh, that's really cool. I like what he mentioned about the Cybertruck. I want to subscribe. That's a whole different process. We got like 4,000 subscribers in three days because of that video. So we just had like 4,000 people subscribe to the channel because they loved the video I did on the Cybertruck. And now I got to review a battery case and a MacBook Pro. And later we'll talk about iPhone leaks. And they're going to be like, well, well, wait a minute. I really liked his Cybertruck video. I didn't care about the battery case. I didn't care about... The thing is, while they are both tech, there is a very large and present uh, car community. And a piece of that is the electric car community. <laughs> and I think that is growing because I think electric cars are the future and EVs are getting more popular. And Tesla is getting more and more popular and they're growing in sales. And what I realized while I was making a few uh, Tesla videos on the tech channel is that there is this whole side community of videos and channels that talk about Tesla and EVs, and they're not talking about iPhones and battery cases and Apple Watches. It's a whole different genre of tech, and I've watched a lot of different ones, like uh, uh, Ben from Teslanomics, um, and, a, and a lot of smaller ones, uh, smaller channels. I've, they're not small. They're growing. <laughs> uh uh, Un Matt Farrell from Un Undecided is a good one. Uh, I can't. There's. I can think of a lot of small ones right now. There's I One Tesla. There's Tesla Joy. There's Dirty Tesla. All channels I started subscribing to and realized, okay, you can actually make daily content out of this genre. Which originally, when I first started toying around with more and more Tesla videos, I thought, eh, I don't think this could make a whole channel. But uh, as I watched their videos more and more, I realized you could. Or Tesla Driver. That's another one I watched. Um, so you kind of limit yourself when you have this growing community of people that just want EV videos and say, well, you can just come to my channel whenever I feel like uploading an EV video. Otherwise your sub box is going to be filled with iPhone leaks and notch going away and 5.4 inch iPhone. And I just realized that there was a very distinct and very large difference between these two communities. And while it may not be monetarily good to, send people over to the EV channel, because currently it's not monetized. All the videos over on Talos of EV, none of them are making money. Um, thousands of views over there, zero dollars made, <laughs> uh, despite it taking my time and energy and editing. Um, but I realized in the long run, if I kept the channel separate, you know, if you want both, if you're happy with iPhone and Apple Watch and iPad and Tesla and you like both, just subscribe to both. It's really easy. Um then you'll just get both videos in your timeline and more often you'll get a more specific EV video and a tech video. So you're just getting more content than before. So I figured to the people who do like Tesla and Apple and want news on both, it wasn't that hard of a compromise. You, you guys just have to click another button. Okay, subscribe. Now you get both and now you're getting more content than you ever got before. Because on the tech channel, I liked keeping things to one video a day. Wherein I have two channels, I can do one video on the EV channel and one video on the tech channel. So I felt like growth is now expanded potentially because in the long run, I can bring in more people from the electric car community and the Tesla community that aren't so interested in Apple. They can just subscribe to EV and the people who don't care about Tesla, they can just subscribe to Talos of Tech. So I feel like it's just a happy medium there. And over time, I'm sure the EV channel will begin 
uh, to make money. Um, it's already well on track to become monetized. It won't take long. <laughs> but um, that's that's kind of my mindset. Anyway, side tangent. Let me catch up. Great Dane loves his one-dime donations. <laughs> uh, let me catch up here. Overachiever donated. Uh, been watching uh, your various channels since Project 2X, and I've enjoyed them very much. But I have a few questions. Was Talos of EV not big enough to make an announcement? For your various channels, what milestones do you see them hitting in the 2020s? And if this is too personal, but do you see you and your wife growing your family beyond the two of you guys in late 2020s? Okay, we got several questions in one message here, so let me tackle them, because you did donate, so thank you for donating. Um, I do want to do a formal announcement for Talos of EV, but it was a very intentional soft launch uh, right now, because I feel like a lot of people may think to themselves, why is Drew making an EV channel if he doesn't drive an EV? And I know there was a lot of people commenting on videos like, why does this guy talk about Tesla? He doesn't even have one, um, which is true. And I think that's a valid point if someone were talking about iPhone leaks and MacBooks and that kind of thing, but they didn't use any Apple products, you would have kind of a disconnect there. Um, so originally, my plan was to make uh, Talos of EV videos in the dark and not tell anyone about them, which I did for about a month. I started the channel, I, I grabbed the Twitter handle. And I started posting videos there just to see how the channel would do without any advertisement. I didn't tell anyone about it. I didn't tell Nick. I didn't tell Randy. I didn't even tell my wife. I just did it in my free time. Uh, just because I wanted to see if I could make EV videos regularly. And if I enjoyed it. Or if I was okay at it. And even without an announcement, um, the videos actually started getting a few views. Not like insane amounts of views. But I almost got a thousand views on one video about the Model 3 without any advertisement. Literally just starting a new channel, cold turkey, no promotion, just uploading videos, and got almost a 1,000 views. So I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I'm getting into it. And I started realizing, you know, like, even though I'm making a tech video and an EV video a day now, it doesn't feel overwhelming. I wanted to toy around with it first. I didn't want to announce the EV channel to everyone. Hey, everyone, I started a new channel and only have like one video and I've only done it once. I wanted to do it routinely for a while to figure out if I liked doing it or if there was enough news to follow to keep doing it. And since then, I've discovered I think I can. Um, it may not be every single day. There's plenty of days I might skip, but uh, enough for there to be a designated channel for sure. But my original plan was to not tell anyone about Talos of EV until I had a Tesla. I was going to wait until I bought one and then say, okay, I bought a Tesla. I upload that video to the main big tech channel and say, I love Tesla. I'm so glad I finally have this. Now I want to talk more about it. So I've actually made a new channel just for EV videos. That was the original plan. Reason I went away from that plan was that the Cybertruck video was blowing up way bigger than I thought it ever would. And I knew that there were tons of views coming in from anybody who talked about the Cybertruck because it's such it broke the internet how popular it was. So I thought, you know what? It probably makes more sense to launch this thing now while people are all talking about the Cybertruck. And there's all these people who just subscribed to my channel wanting more Tesla content, but they're not going to get it <laughs> because i got to go back into talking about MacBook Pro battery cases and iPhones, which I still enjoy talking about. It's just a very different genre. So... That's when I was like, okay, you know what? I may just announce this early so that I have everyone's attention, all the people who subscribed because of that Cybertruck video. Let me just direct them over to a channel where they can actually get more Tesla videos instead of throwing more iPhone videos in their faces, which they probably didn't ask for. Um, so another question. Uh, what uh, For your various channels, what milestones do you see them hitting in the 2020s? You know, I don't... I don't have huge milestones. I think in the early 2020, uh, I'll probably hit 200,000 subscribers on the tech channel. I don't think I'll hit it this year. That would be growth pretty quickly. But probably in quarter one of 2020, I'll hit 200,000, which is kind of a milestone. That's kind of neat. Um, that's about it. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't really have major milestones for the other channels other than just I want to work on them more. I hope I have more free time for them. I've been busy a lot lately, so I haven't had as much, but uh, I just want to make newer and better content. I don't really have any set in, in stone goals that I'm, I'm aiming to hit. Uh, I just want to do better. That's my, that's my goal. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and yeah, me and me and my wife would like to have kids someday. Uh, not soon. <laughs> We've decided we want to have lots of time to ourselves first, and we would like to pay off our house uh, long before. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We actually have kids, so... That's that's a main priority right now, and um, yeah, we'll event. Uh, we're not we're not swearing off. We'll have children, but we don't know when we will. It's possible we may never have kids. It's not really set in stone. We've talked about it though. Great Dane donated again. Says do the same for the podcast. A dedicated Tesla podcast would be great in my view. Well, we're kind of already doing that because we we talk about Apple for the first hour, and then the second hour we divide into Tesla. I don't I don't do the managing of the Taylors of Tech podcast, so. That's not really necessarily up to me. I can make suggestions, but um, personally, uh, I think the process of making a new podcast and hosting it on all the different platforms isn't free, for one. It's costing Nick money, and it's very complicated to get uh, your your viewership and your analytics back up. See, monetizing a YouTube channel uh, for for a person who already has a presence like I do, uh, 190,000 subscribers... Directing them to a new channel and getting it monetized is not actually that hard. I get that some of you may be up-and-coming content creators, and if you have no audience to go off of, yes, I can totally relate. Starting a YouTube channel and getting it monetized is quite difficult. Getting to that first 1,000 subscribers and the 4,000 hours of watch time, that's not easy. But if you have a predetermined audience that you can just say, hey, everybody go check out that channel, it's quite simple. Like We're on track for EV to be monetizable within less than a month. So it'll only take like a couple days before we hit 4,000 hours. Right now, I think it's at like 2,000. Um, so it's already halfway there. It's already hit 1,000 subscribers long ago. So that's not going to be too hard for me. However, getting the podcast up and running again for a, for a whole separate category, um, I, I don't feel as strongly about. I don't think that's as good as idea. Same with a Twitch account. I don't really plan on making an EV account for the uh, Twitch page or Instagram. So it's kind of it's still kind of part of Talos of Tech, honestly. I've, I'm kind of debating putting the Talos of Tech intro and outro on the EV videos. I don't, I just don't put any on there right now because it's just short and to the point. But uh, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Time will tell. Who knows? Seawobs uh, donated a dime last Black Friday. My dad ordered an iPhone 10 for 600 bucks, but the carrier ran out of stock and gave him a 10s instead. Well, hey, unexpected but welcome. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. That was the prequel reference I was looking for. That's good. They ran out of iPhone ten stock, so they just give you a XS. Why can't I have that problem? That sounds lovely. Except I don't want a XS anymore. Little baby Drews all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Overachiever donated again. Uh, from what you actually get and what Social Blade says and detailed statistics and earnings, do you find it's accurate or is it totally off? I don't actually know what it says. I should probably look. Um... But from my experience, uh, Social Blade revenue is always very wide. Like, the last time I looked at it, I believe it said something like, he makes between $1,000 and $10,000 a month. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty wide margin. It's kind of like saying, you know, how much How much does Marquez make? Well, somewhere between $50 and $50 million a month. Somewhere in there. And, you know, they're not wrong. <laughs> that's... From what I remember, um, when I looked at Social Blade, that's that's how I recall it being. I remember it being like, well, they're not wrong, but they're also not very close to guessing. So I'll look it up here real quick. 
I don't like going into specifics because it's a little personal and people start getting weird when you tell them how much you make. I'll just uh, look at what Social Blade says on my phone here. How much do I make? Monthly earnings between $600 and $10,000. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a pretty wide range. So I will say, yes, that's technically accurate. But um, <laughs> so if you go to Social Blade, yeah. It says between six hundred and ten grand. I'm somewhere in between there. It's not less than six hundred, and it's not more than ten thousand. It's not anywhere near either of those numbers. So, um, I guess use your imagination there. But uh, yes, <laughs> the funniest thing is the estimated yearly earnings. The the yearly earnings say between seven thousand dollars and a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a year. That's such a wide. That's like. 90% of the public. Doesn't like 80% of humanity make between that much? There's very few people that make less than $7,000 a year. That's like way below the poverty line. Anyone who's working probably makes more than seven grand a year. In the U.S. at least. Maybe outside the U.S. it's worse. But that's like... They're, they're very good at assuming like... They're somewhere in between these two uh, giant numbers. <laughs> yeah, I know in Asia it's probably way different. Um, I must say I like the podcast a lot better these days despite the Tesla stuff don't get me wrong I drive an EV myself but I do prefer the Apple talk I also love Randy's comedy lately with the Trump imitation he does it's so funny I'm going to lurk for a bit now but thanks for answering my questions thanks for the donations appreciate them and yeah um, we did talk a little bit about how we want to treat the podcast uh, since there's an EV YouTube channel now um, and Nick's idea, which I was on board with, was kind of having more designated sections and chapters to the podcast, where it's like, we know why most people are there, so we're going to start off with Apple Talk in almost every podcast. Last episode was different because there was zero Apple news. Literally, like, nothing happened for Apple, but uh, Tesla unveiled probably their most influential and uh, groundbreaking vehicle of all time. So we were like, yeah, we're going to talk about that for the whole episode. We're sorry. Um, but yeah, the, uh, today's episode, we'll try to talk a little bit more about Apple, but there's also still a lot of Tesla stuff to talk about. Um, only 1% makes 100 grand a year. Really? 1% makes, a, I guess that's a lot of people. 1% of like 360 million is how much? 3 million? Yeah. It's like 3.6 million people make over a hundred thousand. Because I, I was saying, like, I thought, like, most doctors and lawyers made over 100000 a year. I wonder how accurate that is. Um, there's a proposed bill that would raise the limit of phasing out the EV tax credit from two hundred k to six hundred k. Thoughts? What? I don't have much thoughts on that. I, the tax credit, people get really caught up in, but it doesn't really count for me. I mean, some people are like, well, you save seven grand on your taxes, so just take that off the purchase price. And I'm always like, no, this I don't really try to look at the tax credit. That doesn't really make that big a difference. Because, for one, it depends a lot on how much you make. A lot of these people that are taking out leases on these cars or, or taking out giant six-year loans on their EVs, they don't even owe enough taxes for that tax credit to end up being worth it. Um, so I don't, I don't really count that as much as other people do. But Cybertruck is basically Tesla AirPods in terms of design recognition. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. They're very similar, despite, you know, one, one is a pickup truck and one is wireless headphones. They actually have very similar launches. <laughs> uh, they're, they're memed to death. A lot of people say they're way too expensive. Um, though I guess there's not that many people saying that about the Cybertruck. Most people said the Cybertruck was pretty expensive. It's more about the design. The design was controversial at launch, but over time people are liking it more. Oh, I think it took AirPods a lot longer for people to like the design. I don't remember people turning over on the AirPods like a couple weeks after they launched it. There were still a ton of people that hated AirPods long into the point that they were shipping and delivering them. Whereas the Cybertruck, I've already seen a huge number of people uh, say, I didn't like it at first, but it's growing on me and now I like it. I've, I've seen a ton of people do that. Um, let's see. There's a proposed bill that would raise... Uh, we already answered that. You should collab with a big YouTuber for the better growth... Yeah, that's the thing. I've collabed with big YouTubers many times in the past, and I'll be honest with you, it does not grow your channel very much. Rightfully so. It shouldn't. You, you shouldn't get a bunch of people subscribe to your channel because they saw you in the same room or on the same screen with a big YouTuber. That's not a good reason to subscribe to someone. 
that's a common misconception that I've experienced myself firsthand. Like when Marquez first reached out to me and said, yeah, he'd be down for a podcast or a collab. I was like, oh my God, this is going to break all the records. I'm going to blow up now and everybody's going to watch me because I got Marquez to come on my channel. It did nothing. I, I posted those videos and, and growth, it didn't tank. It was just growth was average. There was no spike or anything. Everyone who was subscribed to me was very happy for me, but that was about it. I didn't get a bunch of people subscribed because, oh, I watch Marquez. He showed up in that guy's video, so now I'll subscribe to his channel. That's not how it works. They have to like you for you. They have to like you for something you did, not because you got someone. There's uh, a lot of channels that think that's what they need. And a lot of people that contact me and are like, I really need you to show up on my channel or I need you to be uh, here because then I can grow my channel. And I'm like, it's not going to help. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll try to make time uh, for collabs. Um, but at the end of the day, that's not, that's not how you get much growth. It's like... Uh, I also had an in-person video with John Morrison, who's a far bigger creator than I am. He's at, what, like 2.6 million subscribers? That's like over 10 times what I have. And I had him in person, not a not a Skype call like Marquez, but in person on my channel. The video was like, eh, it did okay. It did fine. <laughs> it didn't do as well as iPod Touch in 2018, <laughs> which forever, for whatever reason that video exploded, I'm so happy that the Cybertruck video is actually going to surpass that. It may have already. I think uh, last I checked, the iPod Touch in 2018 video had like almost 900,000 views, um, and nothing, nothing had surpassed it yet. That video is over a year old. Over a year old. Oh, oh, they're almost they're almost surpassed now. So, uh, I'm looking at my videos from the most popular ranking, and the Cybertruck video I posted last week. It's not even seven days yet. Is one thousand views? Oh, you can't see it. Anyway, it's right here. You can do this on your own phones. It's one thousand views away from my highest video ever. In one week, just blew past everything. I've never had a video do that well. So that's what proved to me. Uh, there's definitely an audience for electric vehicles. <laughs> a shout out from Casey did help Sarah Dietschy in a lot in the beginning. Yeah, but it, it's not the single-handed thing. I'm sure if you asked uh, Sarah Dietschy uh, why uh, she's successful or why she has the audience she does, she won't say it was from Casey Neistat shouting her out. She would say it's from her consistent you know, uploads and, and the quality and the attention she puts into her work. And that's what keeps people sticking around. You don't get people to subscribe just because someone gives you a shout-out once and then you blow up. It's the people that accept the shout-out but then run with it and then roll with it and actually turn it into something and keep those audience members entertained. So uh, shout-out does very little in the in the grand scheme of things. I, I, I bet if Marquez tweeted out, everyone should subscribe to Taylosub Tech, I would probably get a huge jump in subscribers but a mild boost in watch time, and then it would go back to normal right afterwards. That's probably what would happen. You can ask Jacksepticeye. He's talked about this on the H3 podcast. He said his, his greatest success was not being shout out from PewDiePie. It was that he made his own content that he was able to keep people with, and it was not just PewDiePie um, promoting him that made him big. It was, it was his content and um, making content that people wanted to come back and watch. Like a shout out can give one video a lot of success, but it can't give the whole channel continued growth for months and months and months. Um, I was on John Morrison's channel too. There wasn't a big jump. If they're on your channel, only your viewers would see it uh, pretty much, but if you show up on their audience and they like you, then you'll see that sub spike you're talking about. Yeah, but that's that's difficult to do. I, I was in a John Morrison video. <laughs> She went from 4K to 40,000 subs in a day. But yeah, that, there is a such thing as growing too fast. It's like, it's like throwing gas on a fire, you know? You can, you can blow up really quickly, but if you don't have something that those people keep coming back for to sustain them, it's not going to matter. You can get a... That's why you'll find a ton of channels that have hundreds of thousands of subscribers, but tiny amounts of views because they, they, they blew up too fast or they have a very inactive fan base of people that... We're told to hit the subscribe button, but that was about it. They didn't really like the creator. They just were told to hit subscribe, so they did, but they don't really come back for more. Um, 
Ask her, I'm sure. I'm sure she'll tell you it was not all from a shout-out. It can help a little bit, but it's it's not really it's not really a big piece of it. Um, Rudy says, it's. I must say, it's actually very nice when you guys talk about Tesla on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate all the people who have said that they do enjoy it, because we do enjoy it. <laughs> and that's ultimately what we're trying to do, is just talk about stuff we like. Um, yeah, PewDiePie's acknowledged that it wasn't just the shout-out that made Jacksepticeye succeed. Um, you need a massive audience exposure for a large spike. Yeah. It's 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 very tricky, though, because the only way to get around that is if, like, Marquez himself wanted to have you on his channel talk for a solid ten minutes and you got control over the editing and then people went to subscribe. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing you can get all the time. That's not... That's not really what we're talking about. We're not talking about, like, getting to make your own video on someone else's channel. We were talking earlier about, like, shout-outs, which is when a YouTuber says, Hey, check out this creator, or a collab where one uh, the bigger creator usually shows up on the smaller creator's channel. Um, Thank you for the Twitch Prime, the Lion378 overachiever says... I love seeing your progress you're making in terms of your channels and milestones in your life from your vlogs, like buying a house, getting married, etc., because you're the same age as my brother, who hasn't exactly been very progressive in recent years. He's made a series of not-so-good big decisions in life, which is unfortunate, but I'm excited to see where you go with your channels and social media updates. Thank you, Overachiever. Yeah, don't don't feel bad because I'm young and and doing all these crazy things. I I still admit I'm very young for doing all the things I'm doing, Um, mostly because... I have a severe lack of friends that uh, can relate to what I'm doing. Um, And me and my wife uh, have struggled to find other couples in our age range that can relate or have similar interests in the same things we're doing. And that has bizarrely kind of made us friends with a lot of much older adults. You know, sometimes when we go on double dates uh, with other people, um, when we go on a double date with uh, someone our age, like someone she knows from work... We actually relate less to them than we do going on a double date with, like, my friend's parents. We actually get along better with, like, the 50-year-old couple <laughs> because we talk about more similar things with, with finance and savings and work and, and um, retirement accounts and that kind of thing and, and just finding things we can connect with and relate to. And a lot of the time, uh, we're, we'll be friends. It's not that we don't have friends in our own age. It's just we live life very differently in our our uh, friends that are closer to us in age will do something we think is completely weird or bizarre, and we just have to remind ourselves that, like, eh, okay, they chose to do that, and we think that's a bad idea, but I guess it's not weird because most people our age are doing things like that. Um, so we can't really we can't really critique them too much because at that age, that's kind of what most people are doing. Um, Let's see. Liquid Retina, thank you for the Twitch Prime sub. Oh, we made it to 12 months. Congratulations. Enjoy your tea. The lion said I have horrible service right now, so I have to leave. Oh, okay. Appreciate the Twitch Prime regardless. Um, but yeah, I I completely am aware that uh, most 21-year-olds are not in the stage of life that I am at this point. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of 21-year-olds that are you know, paying off a house and celebrating their first anniversary of marriage you know that's not uh extremely common at this age or to run a youtube channel um and to get hundreds of thousands of views on stuff i i don't look at me as the norm is all i'm trying to say (laughs) i'm very honored i'm very thankful because you guys make it all possible i'm also very grateful that uh because of you guys watching my videos and, and twitch priming and uh donating bits during the live stream and stuff i haven't had to result to uh in video sponsorships which a lot of YouTube creators do these days, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not hating on people who do sponsorships, but I will just admit they're kind of annoying. I totally get why you do them. They have a purpose, but they're kind of uh, they're kind of frustrating when YouTube already has commercials. There's a commercial plays, the video starts, and then you have to hear about NordVPN for the 18th time. I'm like, I get why they do it, but I am going to try to not do it if I don't have to. And thankfully, because of you guys just Twitch priming, watching the videos, and uh, supporting me that way, I haven't had to do any uh, in-video sponsorships, which I'm super happy for because uh, I like having control over my own content. I don't want to talk about a VPN when I'm talking about Tesla or iPhones. I just want to talk about what the topic is. Um, So, 
I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that you guys have supported me in that way that I don't have to do that. I'm not saying I'll never do that. Don't ever, don't ever hold that against me because I admit that if something went wrong with YouTube ad revenue or if the channel wasn't doing very well, I would do sponsorships if I had to. Um, I'm not totally against them. I just think that if you can live without them, try to. And that's what I've done, and I'm very happy to. Um, all peace out, Drew. i got a thing to do. All right, take care, Cosminator. I'll be wrapping up here in just a couple minutes, so you're not missing uh, too, much, too much. Your 8K subs from 200K subs. Yeet! <laughs> that's right, Liquid Retina. And it's all because of Marquez. I got all of my success thanks to that Marquez collab. <laughs> okay uh, one of my favorite Taylor of tech vids was that vid ranting about the iPhone 10 leaks after it was announced like when Wyatt broke the fake phone in a vertical vid oh I remember that we shot that at a Taco Bell that was funny yeah that was a good one I need to put more uh, I need to put more Wyatt in tech videos don't you have audible sponsorship once nope never had a never had a YouTube sponsor um, a legit one at least uh, we've had sponsors on the podcast because there's no ads on those by default um so if you just upload podcasts with no sponsors you just make zero money and i'm not even the one producing the podcast that's all randy and nick i just kind of show up and record um so i say yeah they can get they can get uh sponsors because for one it's a podcast so it's like a two and a half hour piece of content versus a 10 minute piece of content so when you're uploading an eight minute video and there's 90 seconds of ad read, that's a pretty large percentage. But when it's a podcast that's two and a half hours, a couple sponsors here and there isn't a large percentage. And you can skip it with one press and stuff like that. Um, YouTube already has ads. You guys are all watching Twitch, which already has commercials, and YouTube already has commercials. So I'm just trying not to add more commercials on top of what uh, commercials are already there. But luckily, if you watch my videos and you have YouTube Premium or Twitch Turbo, uh, you don't get ads at all, which is great, because ads are kind of annoying. Are you going to do more short videos? I would like to, yes. We have lots of ideas for them. Me and Wyatt have met several times just to discuss what shorts we want to make. They're just very time-consuming, and on the topic of revenue generation, they make very little money, because they're very short. <laughs> so it'll take hours to make like a three-minute short, and because YouTube rewards uh, channels based on watch time... When you upload really short videos like that, you don't make very much. So they're very fun. I enjoy them. But uh, it's also a very busy time right now, so I haven't had uh, a lot of flexibility on that. Hello, hello, Scott. Thank you for tuning in, but you're you're just reaching the end of it. We're going to wrap up here in a second. Do you feel any FOMO like uni in the bachelor's life in 20s and working mostly from home? Occasionally. Not really university. I went to college for a year. I hated it. I, I, I despised college. And um, I never really got along with people my age anyway. Like, my wife is older than I am, and Wyatt's older than I am, and I don't really hang out with people my age anyway. So even when I was in high school, like, I didn't even go to my own high school graduation because I didn't care. I, I didn't hang out with any of the people that went to my graduation. Like, there were a lot of people in my class that knew me, but I wasn't really close with anyone in my class. Everyone was older than me that I was hanging out with. So by the time I was graduating, I was hanging out with all these older people um, that I opted out of my own graduation because I didn't want to go. You had to go to this rehearsal and it was on, I think it was on a Friday night or something. And I had stuff I wanted to do. I wanted to work on videos. So I was like, yeah, I don't want to go dress up and, and just shake someone's hand and take a diploma. So I, I asked the principal about it. I was like, hey, do you mind if I don't go? And I, I've got other stuff I want to, work on right now it's not a really good time for me and i'll just pick up the diploma later and that's what i did i went to the high school uh like a week after and picked it up which they let me do um he said if i was a failing student he wouldn't have let me but <laughs> uh obviously a failing student wouldn't have graduated anyway but um i i haven't I, i've always kind of done things differently like when i grew up a lot of my friends did sports and i never really did competitive sports i went on a lot of mountain bike riding with my dad, but that was about it athletic-wise. I didn't do soccer, I didn't do football, I didn't do basketball, and yet all my friends were. But I always kind of I had a track record of doing things outside of the norm. And um, so I'm, I'm still comfortable that I'm doing things out of the norm. And I, the only thing I do miss about school and college was that it was a really good way to interact with other people. 
Um, I do, it's not that I'm an antisocial person. I like hanging out with people and I like chatting, but me and Wyatt hung out way more in college than we do now because Wyatt has a job that he has to go to regularly. And of course I'm doing YouTube and they don't, you know, overlap very much. Luckily we're doing these gaming streams over on Twitch so we get to hang out more. And that's like a big reason I enjoy doing it is just because it's something both me and Wyatt get to do together. Whereas in college we rode the bus together in between classes, we could hang out at the campus center together and just talk or play games or do whatever and just go eat lunch. Um, and then we rode the bus home together. Uh, so we got to do a ton of stuff together. We just got to hang out. And that's how I met my wife was in college and, and interact with other people. Uh, some of which were in my age range, but a lot of them were older anyway. Um, so being able to just hang out with people in, in public areas and just kind of socialize, I, I miss that part. And there's not really a great way to to recreate that with my current job. Uh, as of now, I, I I work a lot and I work from home, so I mostly just see my wife every day and occasionally some family members. And when Wyatt comes over, we stream. But um, aside from that, yeah, there's not like a big collection of, of people in my age range or, or close to my age range that I get to just talk and hang out with. Um, do you make any money from server boosting or is it just perks? What the Discord server? No, no. That just that just gives perks to Discord. If you if you buy Discord Nitro and boost our server, um, it helps the server with like upload limit and mic quality and everything. But it doesn't. I don't get paid for that. Um, how exactly did you ask your wife out for research purposes? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, how did I ask her out? Well, she knew she, she knew I liked her for a long time. That's for sure. Um, I told her like. I was into her, and um, I was kind of in a part of life, though, that I couldn't really go out and date very much, mostly because of uh, um, my parents, who were very kind of strict about that sort of thing. They were like, no, you can't just go running off with girls. Um, I had more protective parents than most, so uh, up until I was 18, my parents didn't want me to date anybody. I could have female friends, they just didn't want me like going out and being exclusive and being physical, which I get. A lot of people don't agree with that, but um, I don't even know if I necessarily agree with it. I, I don't know what I'll do for my kids, but we've talked about it. My uh, Louise didn't have that growing up, but we hung out a lot. We were closest friends for a good couple years before we actually started dating, but I think she actually asked me out. So, <laughs> I get I get the last laugh on that one. Um, she actually had to move to Australia, though. <laughs> she moved to Australia and then went you know, now that you're gone and now that I'm not seeing you as much, I think I've decided that I miss you and I and I care about you and I want to make this uh, official. So she didn't want to make it official uh, when I turned 18 and I was and she was living in the States <laughs> and we saw each other regularly. We were just friends back then. But then once she moved away, she realized she cared about me and that's when she texted me. She's like, oh, I, I, I do want to date. So we did long distance for a couple months and then she moved back. And so I didn't ask her out though. <laughs> I told her I liked her, but, uh, that I couldn't date her until I was 18. Um, and then I didn't ask her out when I was 18, but it was kind of a big mess because we had a falling out for a little while and then we came back and she just accepted you. No wooing. Oof. <laughs> uh, no, there's, I mean, there wasn't any smooth move. I mean, look at me. I couldn't be that smooth. Oh my gosh, look at the time. I'm supposed to be recording by now. I am so sorry. By the way, did you get anything from Black Friday or not? I did. That's the last last question. Thank you, Overachiever. I got some things. I can't talk about them yet. You'll find out about them later. But mostly it was uh, uh, gift shopping for uh, family, just getting them presents and stuff like that. Anywho, we got to record the podcast. So I'm going to wrap up here. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you all later. Bye-bye. Have a good one. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.